Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore and on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, whoever drinks beer, he with quickly. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome back to episode number 55 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Rick. And I am Patrick. And we're happy to be back with you for one more week of this craziness. And it is craziness. It's going to get crazy, I think. So before we start recording, we go ahead and get our beer from the fridge so there's not an awkward delay while y'all are... While we go get it. Yeah, we go ahead and we're, we're ready. Um, I think we both have two already. Yes, it's so, been that kind of week. It's uh, <laughs> You know what? It hasn't been a crazy week um, at work anyway. Uh, our personal life is kind of crazy right now because we're in the process of moving. Um, That's always fun. Yeah, so there's boxes everywhere, and we were trying to do something. I don't remember what it was, and we were looking for, like, the food processor, and I looked at my wife, and I said, I think we packed that. So why did we do that? And so I was like, you're just going to have to figure it out. Like, you're just going to have to make do. Because she was going somewhere, and I wasn't going. So anyway. um, Beans and rice tonight. Yeah, so we're uh, (laughs) we're in the process of that. We're a couple of weeks out probably from moving at this point. So um, work work has been kind of weirdly slow, which for us is kind of interesting. So, yeah. um, but we're good. Sweet. That's good. What's wrong with you? uh, Man, we're hanging in there. We are, we've been busy. We got school going on. Um, We've got work. Uh, I've been, I've been slammed at work, really busy, just trying to keep up with uh, the summertime is always kind of a busy time for us. And so we've been keeping up with that and uh, we're starting to slow down and kind of level off a little bit. but, Mm -hmm. But we also had a huge run of coronavirus at our, at our work. And so it just led to a lot of chaos and confusion. Uh, trying to trying to get everything done uh, mm-hmm. on a daily basis, and so so it was. But you know, other than that, it's uh it's just been nose to the grind, just working hard every day, and and uh, keeping up on the weekends and, and relaxing as best we can, and, yep. and just trying to stay. I, I said a few weeks ago, I've learned to say no to a few things. One of the things I, I used to never do was say no. I'd be like, somebody called me, and be like, "Hey, I need your help." Okay, sure. Somebody else would call me, hey, I need your help. Okay, sure. And then I realized I just told two people that I could help them on the same day at the same time. And I'm like, ah, crap. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I'm learning to say no. Yeah, learning to say no is an, an important skill, I think, for anybody, really. And you don't you don't want to say no all the time. You don't want to be the guy who always says no. Yeah. But at the same time, for your own sanity, and we're getting deep before we even really get going here. <laughs> um, for your own we sanity, I know. Um it's okay to say no if you can't help or if you really just don't feel like helping. That's right. It's to don't, and there's, you should not feel guilty about having to set a boundary. Yep. So in fact, I did it today. I I have never done this. I've kind of always wanted to, but somebody, somebody from our church texted me 
and they're getting a group of guys together to play fantasy football. And I was like, I was like, I, I kind of want to play fantasy football, but I, number one, I know I'd be terrible at it. And number two, I was like, I just, I don't have time and I don't know that it's something that I would enjoy. So I'm just going to say no on this one. And, and I was like, man, I really appreciate the invite, but I got to pass on this. And he's like, no worries, man. Appreciate you. If they're look, still looking for one, send them my number. Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm always, like, I've played it one time, and it was, I think there were eight teams, but it was me and one other guy, so we each had four teams. Like, no one else was interested in doing it. <laughs> um, so the, that's the only other time I've ever played, so. But, there you go. Anyway. Well, what beer do we have tonight, Patrick? So tonight from the Harpoon Brewery, they're up in the Northeast. Um, they've got locations in Boston, Massachusetts, and Windsor, Vermont. We have the Camp Wanamango Crisp Tropical Pale Ale. So. This looks really good for the record. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. It's a... Uh, it's got an ABV of 5%. It's got 22 IBUs, so this is going to be right up your alley there, Rick. Love it. Um, Love it. I, I really enjoy the flavor of mango. If my wife heard me say that, she'd, like, <laughs> die laughing because we <laughs> typically, like, we'll, like two or three times a year, we will buy a mango. Mm-hmm. But also two or three times a year, we will throw a mango away. <laughs> so... How could you like mango and then not eat mango when you buy mango? I think I like the idea of mango more than I like the effort it takes to eat a mango. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's true. You've got to cut it a certain way. It's, so anyway, this is might be a good opportunity to get mango without having to buy mango. I'd much rather have mango in my beer than I would have to work to get mango. Exactly. <laughs> um, so on harpoonbrewery.com, uh, the page for this camp on a mango, um, it's a bright golden copper appearance, ripe mango, pine, and subtle pineapple smell, light and crisp mouthfeel, um, a combination of mango and lemon shortbread flavor. Like the taste is, that's what they say that the taste should be. So I'm intrigued by that. Yep. And um, the finish is just a touch of tropical fruit, which is incredibly vague and not really all that helpful. <laughs> a touch of tropical fruit. There's like a thousand fruits in the tropics, but it's true. Um, true. But it looks good. It does look and good. The camp has a canoe on it, or the can has a canoe what, on it, dude. What was that show that uh, was about some camp? Uh, oh, it was the show Salute Your Shorts when we were kids? You may not. Remember. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was, was just a touch before my time, but I, I know the, what you're talking about. The picture looks like, or the the way camp is written looks like the way whatever that camp was on the the show. Salute your shorts. Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up. It's gonna bother me. Hang on. <laughs> Salute your shorts. It was on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Um, camp Anawana. Camp Anawana. Yes, that's it. Yes, dude. I bet this is a <laughs> just a ploy on the nostalgia. Of kids who grew up. Hey, look, this I was reading the can. This brewery was founded in 1986, so it would be the perfect age. Dude, it's have the a, exact same font. I'm telling you, I, I was like, I saw this and I was like, dude, this is reminding me of my childhood right now. So that's that's part let's, of the reason I bought it. Yeah. So it's let's uh let's crack it open. Let's do it. All right, here we go. This is the Camp Wanamango. 
Har- from Harpoon Brewing in three, two, one. Ooh, that's a fruity smell. Yeah, it is. That's the that's not the like fruity IPA smell though. That's like no, it's the, like fruity like fruit juice smell. It's like delicious fruit smell. I have I have high hopes for this at this point because it smells like it. It, it says light and crisp, and it definitely smells that way. It smells like pineapple upside down cake. Ooh, yes, it does. Well, there's only one thing to do to this thing. Uh, yeah, let's turn it up. Let's <laughs> go bottoms up and see how it tastes. Because it smells good. The color is, I mean, if you go to the website, the color is almost exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a it's got a medium dark color to it, hue to it. And, yeah, let's turn it up. Let's taste it. All right, so Camp want a mango. Bottoms up. Well, that's delicious. <laughs> that's <laughs> that is very delicious. I'm I am very glad that I brought two of these. Mm. So that tastes almost exactly like what I remember a mango tasting like. I don't know. I don't remember the last time I ate a mango. So it says. Um, the aroma, I was just looking at the aroma, it says ripe mango, pine, and subtle pineapple. I definitely smell pineapple. Yeah. Maybe that's why you thought pineapple, pineapple upside down cake. Maybe so, but dude, this is... <laughs> I mean, harpoon, you... Oh, excuse me. I may cut that out, I may not. I'm just, like, based on the description, I thought this was going to be good. and And I hate it when you get a beer... The, the description doesn't, like, you taste it and you're like, the description does not match. Right. The description for this is, like, spot on. It's light. It's crisp. It's definitely got the mango flavor. I can't remember the last time I ate lemon shortbread, but I think I think I like lemon shortbread. Um, This, I mean, this thing is really, really good. And I have a feeling I know where we're both going to land on this one. Yeah, um... I mean, there's no point in sugarcoating this anymore. This is getting five Luthers for me. <laughs> it's five uh, for me, too. Yeah, this, this is five this, all the way. This is a double five for sure. Um, like you said, the uh, website absolutely destroys the description. Um, like, hits, hits it completely on the head. Uh, it's just really good. It's... I, I'm literally left with I don't know what to say. Like, like that's where I'm at right now. Um, All right, I, I'm going to say this. It's it's different, but as far as quality, texture, um, uniqueness, all of the stuff that we kind of try to pin this pin on this stuff every week. This to me is on par with the no crusts. Yeah. Like it's just I mean this is this is that good of a beer. Yeah, I. I mm-hmm. This is that good. I mean, it is like it's, it's. I'm not. I don't want to say it's the same because it's a completely different taste. It's a completely different type of beer. Mm-hmm. But just everything that I was expecting, it's exactly what it was. It's exactly what it is. And so 
I, I mean, I'm going to put this on par with a no crusts type beer, which was the first one that got double fives from us. Yeah, and this might be this, uh, what I'm about to say, you might blow your mind here. <laughs> this might be the best beer we've had since no crust. It's, it is, yeah, since no crust for sure. I still think to me, no crust, just because of the uniqueness of the flavor that it had with that peanut butter and jelly flavor kind of puts it as the number one. But if this is number two, it's like barely number two. Mm -hmm. So, but harpoon, that is, I mean, it makes me want to go buy more harpoon beers is what this does. That is a surprise that I am very satisfied with. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had a few weeks of, of, not great beers there for yeah, a while. I mean, we had the old spec like a month ago. We had old speckled hen. They got double fives from us. Yep. And then um, white blackbird wasn't great. Island coastal wasn't great. High and hazy was a little better. Yeah. Um, I gave it four last week, but I it mean, was, I mean, high and hazy was your was your typical IPA. Yeah. Is so. is very standard. I actually used it in beer brats last night. Nice. Yeah, those were those were pretty tasty. So, but man, Harper, I am, I'm literally like I don't, I'm speechless. Like that's how good yeah. this is. It's it's um, good. It really is. And the the texture of it, the flavor of it, the consistency, all of it is. I mean, it's just like you want to drink it. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you. I want to just keep drinking it. And like I might finish mine before we're done talking about it. Like before we move I'm on pretty to the sure next I am. So, I'm pretty sure I am. And I'm definitely glad that I have another one for, for our discussion tonight because we might need it. Um, but yeah, uh, Harpoon, man, this is this is really good. And if this is the quality of beer that you put out, then then sign us up for whatever you're giving away. Yeah, like, for real. <laughs> so there we go. That is Camp Wanamango. Taking me back to my childhood of Salute Your Shorts and Camp Onawana. And now we're going to move on. And tonight we're going to take on the topic where we're going to go into the 77 questions, but we're going to take on the question of does God get involved with politics right after this break? have each opened our second beers and uh because it's that good. because it is really is that good <laughs> i'm not kidding go get you a wanna mango a camp wanna mango camp um, mango but uh tonight we're gonna uh in our time left we're gonna tackle this question um does god get involved in politics and rick and i were texting earlier tonight just kind of thinking through what we're going to talk about and I just said the simple answer is that it's complicated. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of it depends on your definition of involved. Mm -hmm. So um, we're going to use this question to kind of just uh, flow freely through the through this discussion. Yeah, we're um, going to rely heavily on the book. There are a couple of things I did want to point out in the book. But, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we're just going to... We're going to talk through this a little bit tonight. Yeah, and, and, and I think, I mean, 
it's going to tie into some stuff that we talked about when we went through Concise Theology by J.I. Packer. Um, it's going to tie in some stuff that we, I think, Rick and I personally believe. And excuse me, we that might. A good one. Yeah, that was good. That was great. Um, <laughs> and we might disagree. We might not. But we'll just see how it goes. So, Rick, let's let's ask this question. So, do you believe that God gets involved in politics? Well. So, because of my theology, because of my theological position, I have to say yes. I do believe God gets involved in politics because I believe God uh, is omniscient and he ordains and oversees and regulates the, the events of the world. Mm-hmm. And so, so, I have to say yes. Now, I'm going to say that yes with an asterisk because... Um, I, you know, uh, I believe that God gets involved, but I also believe that God gets involved. And, and I and I point back to the Old Testament uh, when I do this. You know, there's evil kings and there's kings that are terrible and they obviously are not doing things that are pleasing to God. And, and so God getting involved doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to be hunky-dory, great, you know. Right. Like, like, you, like you would think, okay, the greatest conceivable being in the world— is ruling everything, everything's going to be great. No, that's not necessarily true because he's, he is governing it and he is ruling it by the rules and the, and the, the regulations that keep like he put on creation. I, I, I want to be careful how I say that, but, but do you kind of like, do you get the point yeah, yeah, I'm going yeah, for? Yeah. yeah. So, so I would say, yes, uh, that's where I would say, where would you fall on that? That scale? Does God get involved in politics? So, I mean, I agree with you to a to a point there. I do believe that God is intricately involved with all the details of everything that happens in the mm-hmm. universe. Um, I believe that he has set into motion um, everything that needs to happen um, or everything. See... <laughs> it, it gets tr- it gets tricky because you're talking you're kind of talking about the difference between free will and predestination. Yeah. yeah. So so I mean like if God let's okay let's we'll go go ahead elephant in the room Donald Trump. <laughs> so God knew at the foundation of the earth that Donald Trump would be president. Yes. Now he also knew that the free will of man would lead to Donald Trump being president. Yes. Yes. But God also put into motion the, the course of events that led the free will of man. Yes. To determine Donald Trump to be president. So yes. Question mark would be my <laughs> answer. Mark. It's, it's, it's complicated. Is he involved in it? Yes. But to your point, is it going to be heaven on earth? No, no, it's not. And, 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 you know, what's funny is when you look back at like the first century, when Jesus came into the world, you know, the, at the time, the Jewish people of that time were looking for a political leader. Mm-hmm. They were looking for somebody to come in and overthrow Rome. They were looking for a uh, military king. Yeah. They wanted the old Testament back is what they wanted. Right. And, and so, and, and 
to be honest, they wanted the Old Testament back without all the rules and regulations of the Old Testament. They, you know, they wanted their cake and eat it too for for a a, a better kind of more modern analogy. They mm-hmm. they wanted all of it, and and if you read the Old Testament, you know, you you end up with these horrible kings, and you end up with these horrible kings because the people are being horrible. Um, you know, the the end of the end of Judges says everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a the result of the people, the result of the actions of the people led to terrible leadership. Exactly, exactly. Which God, you know, I can I can say with confidence that God knew those things were going to happen. And and all, not only that, but God let those things happen. Yeah, He like, let those things happen. And so so it comes to a point where we say, okay. Do we believe God gets involved with politics? Yes, to it to the extent that God is is ruling and reigning over the world. So mm-hmm. now the next question is how does that affect Christians? How does that affect us? You know, and and I think the number one point that I would point to is I don't care who's president, it's your job as a Christian to pray for, respect, and support that president. Now, mm-hmm. that does not mean you have to agree. Right. Yeah, you, you can, nowhere does it say you have to agree yeah, with them. You can support somebody in a role without agreeing with every action that they yes. do. It's it's not about you know you know Christians for eight years whined and complained about Barack Obama. Yes, and rightfully so or not, like that's not the discussion we're having here, but. It was our job, it should have been our job, or it was our job, and we should have done it, to pray for him, to lift him up, to support him, instead of what I feel most Christians did for eight years, and that was bash him and yes. complain, because we've, I think, I think part of this is that the, the modern American church, especially where, in the part of the country we're at, mm-hmm. has associated being a Christian with being a Republican. Yes. And, and it, to, to it, the most part, that is true. I mean, as Christians, we agree with a lot of the of the Republican platform. But that does not mean that we are wholesale bent on being Republican. But it's not, it shouldn't be our identity. Exactly. Like being a Republican should not be our identity. First yes. and foremost, our identity should be as followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then anything else that fall, flows from that is secondary. Like yes. being a husband or father is should not be your primary identi- mm-hmm. uh, primary identifier. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a follower of Jesus, you should be, I follow Jesus, and out of that flows everything else about Everything me. else, yeah. If you don't put everything in a, in a scriptural, theological worldview or frame, then you end up in the same worldview or you end up in the same mindset that early Jews were in, which was we want somebody to come in and, and to take over and to be, you know, this great Christian leader of America, the great Christian country and put us back on path to God and Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. And now please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Do I want America? Do I want Americans in general to turn back to God? Yes, absolutely. I do. But I don't think that can come through political persuasion. Right. Because at the point where you say we're going to use political persuasion to 
to put forth our Christian agenda or put forth our Christian beliefs, that means that the, the Muslim who comes into office X number of years after you has the same opportunity right. to put in Muslim persuasion. Yeah, and, and I mean, not to get too like political about it, but America is a country where freedom of religion was a kind of a foundational block. Yes. The, the people who founded this country were uh, fleeing religious persecution. Like when, when the original settlers came from Europe, that's what they were. They were looking for a place to be able to worship the way they believe they could. Yeah. And, and not even, even more than that, it's, it's more about, you know, we, we talk about religious freedom in America, and then we also, and, and as Christians, I've heard this said, you know, many times, well, America is a Christian nation. And, and I'm, I'm just going to, you know, as a Bible-believing, inerrancy-toting, Scripture, you know, call me whatever Christian names you want to call me. I'm all of those things. I'm going to sit here and say, no, America is not a Christian nation. We are founded on Christian principles, and I think there is a fine line of division between those two those yeah, two ideas. Those are two very different concepts. Yes. The, you know, you cannot discount or discredit the Christian mindset or the Christian worldview that influenced the foundation of America. Mm-hmm. But the but America is not founded as a Christian nation, as in the fact that we are in covenant relationship with God. Yeah. America is not in covenant relationship with God, and so because of that, we are not bound to to make everybody be Christian. Right. You know, I mean, at that point, you, you, we cease to be a democracy and become a theocracy. Exactly. We come. We become a theocracy, and. And at that point, we're no different than the, the nation of Iran, who is an Islamic state. Uh, we're, we're no different from one of these Middle Eastern countries who, who has adopted officially the, the religion of Islam as their official you know, religion of the country. And if you're not that religion, then, then you, you, you're persecuted. You're you, don't, you don't have a place in that country if you're exactly. not a member of the religion yeah. of that and country. Take, I mean, China. China is going full bore secularism right now, and saying that basically you have to worship the the president, which right now is Xi Jinping. And so, if you don't worship Xi Jinping, then then you're you can't be part of a religion in China. And so, that's what you get when you say, and that and that is is, is exactly what the founders were going against. They were saying no. The government should not tell me what I should believe about Scripture and about God and mm-hmm. about these things. That's what the freedom of religion is found in, and so, so uh, that's you know that again. That's why we have the in the Constitution we have you cannot have a religious test for political office. Somebody can't get up there and say you know well uh, he's a Muslim he can't be president. Because he's a Muslim. Nope, you can't do that. That's a that's unconstitutional. Yeah. I mean, and, and so, it's at the same point where they couldn't say he's a Christian, he can't be president. Exactly. Because at the point where you say he's a Muslim, he can't be president, somebody else can turn around and say he's a Christian, he can't be president. Exactly. And and I think that's the – I think there's a, like a set of blinders on Christians where 
there's a lot of finger pointing at other religions. Yes. We don't see the fact that if that other religions could use the same logic back on us. Exactly. And, and we fail to realize that, you know, the discrimination or the, per, or, you know, the derogatory comments or whatever that we're directing toward Muslims or directing toward Hindus or Buddhists or atheists or like, yeah. let's bring atheists into it too. Why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> all the, all the stuff we say to them, they can use the same logic back to us and say, well, you're not qualified for X, Y, Z because you're a Christian the same way exactly. I'm not qualified for X, Y, Z because I'm a fill in the blank. Yeah. Insert, insert faith group. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah. So, so that was, I mean, it's on topic. Surprisingly, that's on topic. <laughs> so, but so we're actually sticking to the topic yeah, tonight. What yeah, a it's, weird it's, thing. It's crazy. So, but you know, so, so how, how do we as believers interact in politics mm -hmm. without politics becoming a new God that we worship or a new God that we like get focused on? Like, like, okay, so we're in 2020 it's an, and it's an election year. It's the most bizarre year in the history of all years ever recorded. Yes, um, yes, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> but it seems like every four years, this, there's this like tension, and yes. I don't know if it's just in the church or if it's it's obviously across parties, mm -hmm. like uh, political parties. That's the word. Um, but I feel like there's this tension where like you got Christians on one side that are like trying their hardest to defend uh, a, a, a particular candidate mm -hmm. while at the same time, like not endorsing that candidate, but also not wanting to endorse the other. It's a, it's a weird place to be in. Yeah. And you know, like, like believers for four years have said like Donald Trump has been great for this country. And while I agree with that, I think Donald Trump has done a lot of, very good things in this country in the last four years. Um, I think he's a scumbag. I think, he, I think he's <laughs> like, I think the man needs Jesus. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're called, yeah. to, we're called to pray for him. We're called to support him because he, because he has ascended to that position. And if exactly. in November, if Joe Biden ascends to that position, believer, you don't get to, whine and complain about the fact that, oh, uh, God has obviously turned his back on this country. He's like, no, God is very in tune with everything that's happening. Well, here, here's the, the thing that I love about people saying God has turned his back on his, on this country is, is it implies that, you know, God is in covenant again, God is in covenant relationship with this country, right? No, God is not in covenant relationship with this country. God is fully entitled to turn his back on this country because he's God mm -hmm. and, and there's nothing you can do about it and there's nothing you can say about it. So shut up. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the funny thing is to me, regardless of who's president, regardless of who the leader is, regardless of who, whatever stick, whatever political party is in power in place here, the Bible does not change as Christians. We are called to be, X, and we're called to be X, whether Joe Biden's president, Hillary Clinton is president, Hitler is president, Satan is president. It doesn't matter who the president is. We are called to be this. Yeah. 
and Scripture lays that out for us. So be that and stop worrying about who the president is. Mm. Now, don't understand me as saying you should not be engaged politically. I believe that it is a responsibility. And in fact, they they said in a sentence in this book right here, and it, this is, we're going to kind of, I'm going to hit this and we're going to go back to some other stuff, but they say faithful Christ followers should be the best citizens of the world while not being part of it. And, and I can't tell you how true that statement is because we are to be citizens who are, uh, you know, above reproach. We're supposed to be rule followers, law followers, you know, all the things that people say about us, we should, you know, they're a stick in the mud because they're always driving the speed limit. I don't drive the speed limit, you know, I just gave myself away, but, but, you know, that's, that's, that's almost like a badge of honor for Christians Mm -hmm. is that we do what the law says, but in the right time, in the right context, in the right place, we say, you know what? I don't agree with this country in this area. I don't agree with abortion laws. I don't agree with same sex marriage. I don't agree with this and that and name everything that you don't agree with, but do it in a compassionate way. We've said this time and time again, Christians are to be known for their love. Mm-hmm. And and when you're railing against Barack Obama for eight years and talking about what a scumbag he is and he's a Muslim and he's breaking the law and this and that and this and that, if it's all true, that's then then prove it. But don't share a stupid meme that is unfactual that was presented on a satire website as if it's true because mm-hmm. that makes you look like an idiot. Yeah. And 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 I mean even to your point at like about about Barack Obama even if he is a scumbag muslim terrible was a terrible leader for this country whatever the adjectives are he still was president. Yes. And as a believer the bible says that we are called to pray for our leaders to um support them not support their all their policies, no, but to pray for and encourage our leaders because they have ascended to that role. Mm-hmm. It's no different than a pastor in a church. Like if a pastor, if you don't like the pastor in your church, pray for your church, pray for your pastor. Yeah. But you could also like look for another church. Like if you don't like your president, <laughs> go somewhere else. But you're, you're free to go to another yeah, country. That's, I mean, that is you an know? option. So. But I, I love I love when all the all the my Republican friends I love my Republican friends but um and and for the record I typically vote Republican just just to throw that out there um but I love it when they're like you know Hollywood says if if Donald Trump gets elected then they're going to move to Canada we'll see you later I'm like well you said the same thing when Barack Obama got elected but you didn't move to Canada yeah well I also <laughs> love all like all those Hollywood people that are that said that like. Not a single one of them moved to Canada. Yeah, of course like, not. Because, like, because I mean, because Canada's terrible. So <laughs> um, we love you, Canada, but you're terrible. <laughs> they're not terrible. They're just not as good as we are. Um, <laughs> we'll still continue to be your security blanket. It's okay. Yeah, but so yeah, the uh, the political world for a believer is a interesting place to be in mm-hmm. i think for sure um you know this we're recording this the week of the republican national convention oh that's right and I watch it <laughs> so have you seen the there's an article or not article there's you know mike pence spoke i guess last night mm-hmm. and he paraphrased 
some scripture and sprinkled in some patriotism stuff in the paraphrase, but he never actually said he was paraphrasing scripture. And there are believers like all down his throat about this thing. So, um, hey, if you're a political person and you're a political leader, if you're going to use scripture, please use it in context. Well, and I mean, I agree. I very much agree with that. <laughs> but you could also say like, hey, pastor, use scripture in context. Absolutely. Um, if you're a pastor and you're going to teach scripture, use but, it in context. I mean, the guy never said like, you know, scripture says this. Yeah. He just started saying, you know, he said, as, um, we've uh, run the race set before us, mm-hmm. but, you know, he, I don't agree with how he did it, but the way he did it was like the race that we're running is for a free country and free America and yeah. all this stuff. But, you know, there are a lot of believers who are like, man, I can't believe this guy, he's He's taking scripture way out of context and replacing <laughs> replacing Jesus with old glory. And I just imagine they all have like that voice when they say it. But I mean They probably did. Like here but here's the thing. Mike Pence, not a perfect man. Donald Trump, no. not definitely not a perfect man. <laughs> definitely um, not perfect. <laughs> but I mean, they're gonna make mistakes. You as a believer, and I know we've said this several times, pray for your leaders. Pray mm-hmm. for um, anyone in a position of government, position of power, position of office, yeah. Um, to make decisions that are going to benefit the country, but also that honor God. So, yes, yeah. you know, I'm I'm reminded. Um, there was an event, a, a, maybe it was about a year or two ago now, where Donald Trump actually showed up at David Platt's church. And Mm -hmm. if you know anything about David Platt, you know that David Platt was not a huge fan of Donald Trump. I don't know if he voted for him or not. I'm I'm not going to speculate that here. But whatever happened, Donald Trump showed up at David Platt's church. And David Platt took the opportunity, brought Donald Trump on stage, and, and, uh, and he prayed for Donald Trump. And during his prayer, he shared the gospel with Donald Trump. Mm Mm-hmm. That, to me, is what every pastor should do if ever encountered with any president that they that they come across. Yeah. The, because every president needs to hear that message. Yeah. The, the thing about that, that whole situation there is that it was a unannounced visit. Yeah. Like, Platt had no idea that he, that Trump was coming. Trump, Trump and, his, and his people just kind of showed up. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Platt, in, in that moment, took the opportunity to play, pray for him was unplanned. Like, could you imagine being on staff at that church that day? <laughs> like, like we practiced all week for this and we're just going to throw that all out the window. So thanks. Thanks. They, they would still find a way to blame Obama. <laughs> Be like, thanks Obama. Thanks Obama. <laughs> but yeah, so Platt took the opportunity to pray for him because he knows that's his role as a believer. Yes. Share the gospel during the prayer. Cause that's his role as a believer. And as a pastor, like as a pastor of the gospel, you, you kind of have a responsibility to share the gospel yeah. with people. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a great that's a great example of somebody like taking an opportunity to show to live out what the Bible mm-hmm. says we should do for our leaders. Yes. Yes. And and honestly, like 
to me, that's the prime example of what Christians should do when engaging in politics. Mm. Um, here's somebody that, that on, on several things, David Platt might disagree. I don't know exactly where they agree and where they, they, they disagree, but David Platt took an opportunity. So Christian, when you have an opportunity, don't blow it. Don't, don't blow it by, by going off the rails and yelling at people and, and calling them stupid and Facebook, you know, keyboard warring them to into submission where you, you use your mighty powers of Republicanism to make them just, you know, whatever. Um, but, but take the opportunity to, to say, man, this is what I believe. This is what you believe, but it's okay that we disagree. Yeah. We can still be friends. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I think there's a, I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'd call it an issue, but a problem, I guess I would call it an issue then. There's a problem in the church where like we have the, these bubbles that we feel are impenetrable mm-hmm. and anytime like somebody mentions like, oh, I've been hanging out with a lost friend. There's always like this awkward, why yeah. kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so it's, you know, believer, if you don't have any lost friends or if you don't know anybody that's lost, like what are you doing? You need new friends. Yeah. You need like, (laughs) like the great commission calls us to go make disciples of all nations. Mm -hmm. You're not going to make any disciples of, you're not going to make disciples of any new nations. If If you stay, if you, if you stay in the same bubble. So, um, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fun to to talk about and it's fun to get in our little circles and and where we all agree and we're an echo chamber and everything is great and everybody agrees with us that is fun what's not fun is going out into the world and being uh salt in the world you know mm-hmm. um the bible says in matthew 5 that we are to be salt to the world and i don't, I don't know if you've ever like researched and studied what salt was actually used for in the old times, but it was not used as flavoring. It was used as preservatives mm-hmm. back then. And so you, you put salt on meat, you put salt on the, and it, and the whole point was to make it last longer than it, than it actually could. Because, Hey, I don't know if y'all knew this, but they did not have refrigeration in first century. Right. It's back before power was invented. They had compressors didn't, they didn't know about that kind of stuff yet. And so, when a when a salt would and the Bible said when a salt loses its saltiness, basically it's no good. And so so they would have a you know you put salt on it, and, and the whole point was to make it last a little bit longer. And when the salt would run out, then you would you'd be able to cook it. And 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 that is what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be extending the life of people. We're supposed to be the people who are breathing more life into people, not cutting them down. Not calling them idiots, not you know, uh, not trying to destroy their arguments. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're supposed to be the light of the world. That's what we're called to be as Christians. And if we're going to be that, then let's be that. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to be that, then please stop calling yourself a Christian because you're not. Yeah. And 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 I hate to be that harsh. No, I don't. I don't hate to be that harsh. I I want to be honest. If you're not going to live that life, if you're not going to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, then then go call yourself something else other than a Christian, please. Mm. 
because you are bringing you're bringing condemnation onto the name of Christ, and I feel sorry for you when you have to stand in judgment before God, because it's going to be so bad that you're that you're going to hang your head in shame in the things that you did in your life. Mm. And and I want you to hear this as a plea from my heart that you need to repent and become the salt of the earth. You are supposed to be giving life and, and, and extending life in people. And, and when you're constantly cutting down and when you're constantly tearing down, whatever it is, then, then you are not being salt and you're not being light and you're not being a Christian. That was a little, that was a little bit of rampage. I didn't, I didn't mean to go on that. <laughs> Maybe I did though. That's okay. I think that's a great, that's a great word. And, uh, and a good reminder for us all that, you know, every action we, everything we do needs to reflect the work and the person of Jesus. Yeah. And if there's anything in our life that doesn't, and obviously there will be because we're not perfect. Um, we need to repent of those, of those things and do better and, and do everything in our power that we can to keep those things from happening. Yes. So what other questions do we have for tonight? I don't know. (laughs) Here I'll I'll say, I will say this. Um, there, there was a section in the book where they talked about things that God was interested in. Okay. And, and, uh, they brought out three specific scriptures and I think these three scriptures are, are important for every Christian to know. Um, the first one is Matthew twenty two twenty one, which says, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, mm-hmm. and render unto God what is God's. Yep. The second one is 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2, which is, is, is talking about honoring uh, our elected officials, honoring the people who are in government, which is exactly where, I won't go back to David Platt, that's exactly what he pointed at mm-hmm. when, when David Donald Trump showed up at his church. And the third one is one that I'm, I'm a little familiar with because I've studied the book, but it's 1 Peter uh, 2, 13 through 17. And, and the sentence that they have here, it says, God's goal isn't reform, isn't to reform the kingdoms of this world through a political agenda. His plan is to conquer Satan, bring an end to suffering and death, and recreate the heavens and the earth and establish an eternal kingdom with all of those who have placed their faith and trust in him. Mm. And as Christians, I think we need to remember and be reminded that we are not in a battle for America. We're not in a battle for Britain. We're not in a battle for China. We're not in a battle for Germany. Wherever you're a Christian, wherever you're listening to this, we're not in a battle for our country. Mm-hmm. We are in a battle for people's souls in eternity. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I mean, the last couple of years, I've really come around on the thought that if America ceased to exist tomorrow, like if North Korea or China or Germany or Canada or whoever, not Canada because they couldn't, but <laughs> if, a, if a superpower of the world invaded America and we ceased to exist tomorrow, mm-hmm. my eternity wouldn't change. No. Like, like, like my eternity is not tied to America. No one's eternity is tied to a particular country. Yes. At all. Your eternity is tied, it's tied to either heaven or hell. And, we need to start living that way. Yes. No, no president is going to make America perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, 
when, when Barack Obama was president, what did you do to live for the glory of God? Mm-hmm. If Joe Biden gets elected, what are you going to do to live for the glory of God? I mean, you know, with Donald Trump as president, what are you doing to exactly. live for the glory of God? Like, exactly. like it doesn't, the, the person doesn't matter. It's the person's just a person. Exactly. Now, the stuff they do might be terrible, mm-hmm. but, you know, if it's Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Daffy Duck, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So, does God get involved in politics? Yes. In in some aspect, God does get involved in politics. Should we be involved as Christians? Should we be involved in politics? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as citizens of a country, it is our duty to be the best citizens of that country. Um, you know, I encourage you to go vote. I encourage you to do all those things. I, I would, I would just say, you know, get involved in politics, but don't let it become like your like main focus in life. Yes. Like, like your identifier should not be, Oh, I vote Republican. I vote Democrat. Yeah. Your identifier should be, I'm a believer in Jesus. These mm-hmm. are my, these are my views on certain, uh, yes. political issues. But that doesn't define who I am. Exactly. And and at the end of the day, you know, and, and I hear this all the time, could someone be a Democrat and still go to heaven? Uh, yeah, they can. Because if that, if that Democrat's faith and trust is in Jesus Christ, then they're going to heaven, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think and, that there's going to be a lot of Democrats and Libertarians <laughs> and, I mean, all sorts of people we wouldn't expect in heaven so yeah we will be surprised and and at the end of the day what has to come come what what it has to come down to is where is your faith and trust is your faith and trust in jesus christ and and is that going to affect your political views yes you know there there's a group that i have just recently learned about i didn't even know this this group exists but uh it's a group called democrats for life and they are Democrats who, who believe in Democratic causes on, on a social aspect, on an environmental aspect, um, on a lot of what we would term liberal or left-wing agendas. Um, but they are very much pro-life. Hmm. And this group consists of 21 million people just in America. And, and this group has said, you know, if they, if they nominate Joe Biden— this group, Democrats for America, who has 21 million members, I'm just going to throw that out there again, they are not going to endorse Joe Biden for president because he does not take a pro-life stance. Hmm. And so there's 21 million people in America who are going to get advertising and emails and, and all of these things. What are we doing as Christians to reach out to these people who we may differ on on policy agreements on things like uh, environmental stuff and uh, taxes and and economic things, but we agree on the on the fundamental of life. Yeah, how can we bridge that gap? How can we bring twenty one million people and and say you know? And and the funny thing to me is if we combine those twenty one million people with the I don't even know how many Republicans that are a little disenfranchised with the person of Donald Trump. Who could we elect mm-hmm. at that point? Yeah. You know, uh, we could, we could literally cut the feet out from underneath the Republicans and the Democrats at the same time. Yeah. 
you know, we've been fed this idea that that voting for a, a Republican is the only option to not voting for a Democrat. And 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 I've been told that my whole life. And and I've just kind of rethought that in the last several years where I say, you know, you know what? No, voting for somebody is voting for somebody. It's not necessarily voting against somebody else. Right. And and you find the candidate that you can vote for, whether your candidate has a chance of winning or not, you vote for that candidate because that's what your conscience allows you to do. Yeah. And so don't be bullied into thinking that you have to vote Republican or you have to vote Democrat. If you're, you know, if you don't agree with, with certain things of the Democratic Party and you say, man, that's a deal breaker for me, then don't vote for the Democratic Party. Yeah. But if you don't agree with certain Republican things, then don't vote for the Republican Party. Right. I mean, the way the country was set up, it was never supposed to be a two-party. No, it wasn't. It was supposed to be, there were supposed to be a plethora of options. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, based on on how accurate you believe the musical Hamilton to be, um, (laughs) we can blame a lot of this on Thomas Jefferson. But, um, we're not going there. We won't go there tonight. So, um, we'll talk about the theology of Hamilton another time. His raps, his raps were legit dope in that thing yes they were so we could do us we could do a dissection of hamilton that'd be that'd be a that'd be a good place to find something to do so um, maybe that'll be an upcoming episode yeah so but we're uh i think you know so is god involved in politics yes do we as believers have a place in politics yes as long as it doesn't become a a you know, it shouldn't be a stumbling block for anyone around you. If 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 all you do is talk about politics, you're going to yes. be a turnoff to other people. And when you talk, and then when you go to talk about anything other than politics, they're not going to want to listen. If we're uh, going to use the same argument that people use against alcohol, you know, don't be a stumbling block and don't let it become an idol. Mm-hmm. That's that's basically the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. so that's a we've made that argument here, have we? <laughs> <laughs> As I finish off my second camp Wanna Mango. Yeah. It's that is still getting five Luthers from me. Yep. After number two. So there you go. Yeah. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to hear your feedback on God and politics, on Donald Trump, on Joe Biden, on hashtag everything. Maybe I'll add a whole bunch of hashtags to this one. You should. Um but Patrick, if people want to get in touch with us on social media, where would they do that? We are on Instagram at beers and bubble underscore. You can find us on Twitter at beers and bubble P one. You can find us on Facebook. Just search beers and Bible podcast and look for a logo. And then you can also email us at beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Um, discuss anything you have to you'd like to talk about uh, theology wise or if you have a beer to suggest if you have any questions about anything we've discussed um, on the podcast we'd love to talk to you about that and and, and learn more about about things together so that's what this whole thing's about so that's uh, that's where they can find us sweet well until next week we hope you have a great week we hope you enjoy some harpoon camp wanamango and we will see you later peace out you enjoy what you hear on beers and bible 
please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. I guess we can.